Hi, welcome to PhD Rhapsody, an honest podcast about PhD's life where we share our stories, some experiences, and funny moments. Here we talk how PhD changed our life, share our fears and achievements during our scientific research. I'm Martin. I'm Wilda. I'm Albina. Hi everyone, today me and Martin is gonna talk about figures, why they are important and how to make them better. Uh, we briefly touched upon this topic in previous interviews, the last one with Steph Bradbeer. So I think we'll just start by listening to that clip and then we'll come back to you later. I usually open uh, the paper if I like title, of course, and I feel like, or I like authors, I know the authors, like, okay, this should be interesting. Then I go to the, I scroll and look at the figures first and like, okay, then I read a paper, maybe end of introduction because it's like a goals of the paper usually there. And then maybe discussion and conclusions. And then I, I never read it from introduction no, to I the never really but then but does. then uh, figures that's where I make my kind of cut uh, yes yeah, <laughs> like am I gonna read it <laughs> yeah is it a good should I should I go for it or not I think but, that makes sense because a lot of people are visual learners so you yeah, need I to am. make your figures as visually pleasing as you can and I think for me but, please yes exactly but most people are as well especially when the option is either text or visual. It's no, there's no option of some sort of interactive learning, which you know is the other way of learning. Um, but I think the visual aspect of it is really, really important. I, in my most recent paper, actually, was asked by the editors to include images of my study species, and I, it's it was a great suggestion. I was like, brilliant, yes, absolutely. And I think I almost maybe tried to make it a bit too scientific and too cut and dry. And I was like, no, no, they know what a killer shrimp looks like. You don't need a picture of that. We're actually, it, you are telling a story and including things such as images and images of your experiment, images of your setup is definitely worth having in there because it will both explain and let the reader understand your experiment better, but also it might attract more people to read it as well. Yeah, no. same, same for yeah. geology. We have so many maps or, yeah, we have so many maps and geology is such a visual thing. Sometimes people, I don't know, use the rainbow color scheme and like you want to die because it's awful. Yeah, um, read it. <laughs> no, you can't. But there are like websites with beautiful color tables that made specifically for geology and maps. Just go and use it. But no, some people still use the rainbow. <laughs> I don't think I'd like a rainbow. I'm glad we don't have any rainbow invasive species. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Martin, a picture says more than a thousand words. Does it really? Yep, they say so. <laughs> I guess we can say the same about figures, right? Yeah, I think you could uh, delete a lot of text if you just have really good figures. Would it be a cool experiment to try to like make a whole paper with only figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just make like a picture book and then mm -hmm. <laughs> just uh, read all about your scientific work. I mean, I guess it's kind of like a PowerPoint. 
in a way, like a well-made yeah. PowerPoint presentation. So the reason why we are talking to Martin today about figures is because he is our uh, designated figure guy. I <laughs> don't <laughs> um, know, no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're more interested than most people, I guess. I mean, I guess that's fair. I mean, I tend to use, I guess, 60% of my office hours just to make figures. And uh, I tend to actually learn things through figures. That's the mm. main thing that I focus on when I'm doing either reading other work or if I'm focusing on my own work. Because I feel like if a well-made figure can tell a really good story, I can actually tell you so much about the scientific work. It's just, it's just nice. It's just fun. I mean, I was drawing as a kid constantly. So I think it just stems from that. I've always been drawing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what kind of software do you use now? Now I've been using for the last four years, maybe. I've been using uh, Adobe Illustrator, which is probably one of the better softwares out there. It's just really, really nice. It's really good. You have so many features that you can use. And, um, mm. and you just have a lot of freedom, I think. By the way, yeah. this is not a sponsored uh, <laughs> <laughs> message from me. It's just uh, something that I really like using. But mm. I know a lot of different people use uh, different softwares. I mean, how about you? Do you use Illustrator as well? Or do you have something else? Yeah, I use Illustrator as well. I guess that's just because when I did my master's and had to start making figures, that was what I was like recommended. But there's a lot of different stuff out there. And of course, Illustrator, you'll have to pay for it. You need a license. I don't know how much it is. It's a subscription-based uh, program as well. So you have to pay every month or you have to pay for an entire year. I guess it's kind of fortunate because since we're in academia, usually the project pays for it. And I don't really know if I would have it if I wasn't, I mean, working at the university. because it's No, it's privately. It's quite expensive. Yeah, it's about 19 euros per month, maybe, or something like that. I'm not entirely sure, but it's around yeah. that number. Yeah, so I guess some universities probably have special deals or have software that they use. So you should check where, if your university provides any special software. If not, we can recommend Illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just and, pay for it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. We <laughs> also have open source uh, programs, right? Yeah, Inkscape is free. I know I tried that uh, way back. And I think it's quite similar to Illustrator. It just doesn't have that many features. No, I think because it's not a subscription-based program, maybe the updates are a bit more scarce, that they don't happen that often. So they publish these new add-ons yeah. Once a while, like in the bundle pack or something like that. But definitely, if you need something free, it's a good place to start. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have many friends. I have many friends who've used it when they did their uh, master thesis and uh, stuff like that. Then you have Corel Draw, which is pretty similar to Illustrator, which you can also use. Hmm. And of course, if you want it super basic, you can always just go for Paint. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Paint is good. <laughs> you can do a lot of stuff in Paint. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if you if you just kind of like free draw stuff on paper, you just take a picture of it, you can just add it into paint and then it's actually just a trace, essentially. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The drawing. Yeah, so that's 
the software I can think about. But I guess there is a lot more out there. But yeah, just do a Google search and. Yeah, I think uh, on the various app stores out there, because now you have different app stores for computers as well, don't you? Mm. And uh, there's so many to choose from. I also have some students who uh, I was teaching and they were using drawing apps on their, uh, their tablet devices and ah, yeah. came out really nice as well. I mean, they were using it for field work and field reports mm. and uh, they had pretty good figures. I guess just be creative, just use what you have. Stick to it and learn how to use it. Yeah, I think just stick with one program for a while at least because it takes yeah. so much time to learn how to use it. I mean, I've been using, uh, as I said, Illustrator for four or five years and <laughs> I, I feel like I learn something new every single week and it's basically because I just want to do something and then I don't really know how to do it and then I search for it on YouTube or Google and then there's always... Yeah, there's so many good videos for Illustrator on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. There's always some people who know how to do everything and they want to share it. I guess it's the same for Coral Draw as well. I've seen a lot of videos on Coral Draw as well. So actually the, the logo that we use for PhD Rhapsody was made in Illustrator. Just a mm -hmm. fun fact. By Martin Chenes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, you learn to use a program, but then you also have to know how to make good figures. You, it's not like you can just buy a very expensive and super good program and then the figure will be good and expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, you need to be, you don't necessarily need to be that creative, I think. You just need, really need to know what you want to show from mm -hmm. the data you have. And um, it's always good to just flip through books and other papers and see what other people have done mm. and then uh, usually what like I do sketch by hand I yes. often do that just scribble by hand on a paper yeah so much faster and it's actually a really good way of just sort of make the groundwork of what kind of figure you want to make so you mm. just sketch it uh, at first and then you can just take a picture take it into whatever drawing software you have on the computer then you can just trace every single line and then you make that figure that you made by mm. hand then you can improve it or change it or do whatever, really. Yeah. Where do you find inspiration for like colors and stuff? I usually just Google color palettes on Google. And then there's so many pages of so many different color palettes. And what they usually do is that they take a, it's always these nice, nice pictures of either architecture or in nature. And then they have chosen the different colors that go together. Mm. And usually there's always two contrasting colors, which are completely different. So it's quite easy to see the difference between them. And then usually it's always black and white as well, just to have something in between where you can have a text. Mm. I think that's a very good way of choosing colors because then you can, if you use like a natural color palette, it will kind of make sense in your mind as well. It will look more natural. Exactly. I often think colors is hard because I'm like, okay, I like pink pink is nice but then you need something to go with the pink and then oh green is nice but then it doesn't look good on the mm. figure colors there's so many, much work that's uh, or science behind colors and what we should choose based on what kind of what type of data you want to show as well mm. as humans we kind of uh, associate different things with different colors yeah like warm for hot and blue for cold and 
yeah exactly and stuff like that mm. and um i guess the thing you can think about is also using colors that will look really different for everyone i mean there's so many different uh visual impairing diseases out there which people have mm. uh, so just use something that's high contrast if you if there's something that's completely different in your figure you want to really emphasize the difference between them just use completely different colors because even yeah. though people are completely colorblind and only see in shades of gray then if it's something really bright and something's really i guess dark then uh, it's easy for everyone to actually see the difference yeah and also not just for um the colors but for for text and text and stuff you yeah. need things to be big enough because 30% of yeah i think it's a general in the society i guess around 30 people have low vision or something like that yeah 30% of the world's population have low vision that's a thing i don't really think about but i should put more thought to when making figures yeah just uh, have the text in high contrast so for instance if it's black text have a white background for instance then it's mm. The contrast is super, super high rather than having green text over blue, for instance, because then it's almost invisible for, yeah. I, for, I guess, for everyone, but it's just an example. Yeah, and also for details in figures, be careful to not put in too many small details. Yeah, and usually too many details can actually make the, con the figure confusing as well. I think the most important thing is just to think about what you want the figure to express. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be something that the reader should actually study too well to find out what's the, the point of the figure. It should be quite clear. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> the simpler, the better. Yeah, usually. You're supposed to be able to look at a figure and then know what it's about within the first few seconds. Exactly. Then it's good. I remember when I was making figures for my master thesis, uh, I always got the comments from my, one of my supervisors saying that your figures needs to be less artistic. Because <laughs> I was always drawing these landscape photos, almost like a painting, because I just yeah. wanted it to look nice. Adding like nice trees and flowers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thinking about different shading in the sky and it just needed to be really detailed and really nice. But then he just mm -hmm. told me that. Yeah, this is, yeah, I mean. Remember what you want to tell with the figure. And yeah. Yeah, keep focus on that. Because if you have too many details, the point that you're trying to make will drown in the details. If the tree is not important for what you want to tell, just drop the tree. Yeah, like for us, right? I mean, we're geologists, so we're looking at rocks. If you have trees in your drawing, that's, you're, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah, I mean, I guess many people have seen this already, but never use the scheme rainbow. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just don't use rainbow. Rainbow is just a horrible way. Yeah, like Albina mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a really good point because... Is it, yeah, like for us, you should not use it in like in geology. I guess when it comes to three-dimensional data, you shouldn't use it because uh, rainbow... I mean, there are alternatives to rainbow. Do you have like alternate rainbow or something like that? Mm. Where all the colors are actually less vibrant, so it actually makes a bit more sense visually. But the problem is that the human eye 
has some issues with choosing between the, I think it's the really light green and yellow, and it mm -hmm. kind of looks the same. So in a map, it will be really difficult to actually see the difference. Yeah. So most of the time you should not use it, but never say never. Never say never. I mean, it depends on the data, but especially I think map data, like 3D maps and stuff like that, depth, elevation, these things, it's, it kind of just complicates the figure too much. Then it's actually better just to use either blue to yellow, for instance, that's actually a really good one, or mm. shades of gray, actually. Because then it actually looks like a 3D figure as well. Whereas yeah. if it's rainbow, then it doesn't look natural in a way. Mm -hmm. I think by using color schemes, especially that makes sense uh, visually, it makes the figure a bit better, I think. Mm. Do you use any other like sources for like inspiration or do you know about any like free drawing courses or figure making courses or anything? I mean, there are a lot of stuff online already, I think. I mean, mm. YouTube is potentially the greatest tool to actually learn a new skill and learn to be a bit more creative, I think. Also, for all of you that uses Adobe, they have a, actually an online conference every year. I can't remember. I think it's in the fall. Mm -hmm. Usually a creative conference. They have a lot of different keynote speakers, people from all different backgrounds. You have uh, musicians, you have uh, infographics makers, you have uh, commercial people, businesses and everything. And everybody comes together and have like this three-day conference about creativity and how to make videos, how to make art, how to make figures. It's basically everything. And it's mm, usually cool. free as long as you have an Adobe subscription. Oh, nice. And uh, just a little tip, actually, if you're not really sure how to make a simple but clear figure, is just to look at commercials around the city, usually billboards and stuff, because these are pro people making these billboards and they tend to, the best billboards are usually quite simple and straight to the point. And they also mm -hmm. have really nice color schemes. Yeah. So, uh, Next yeah. time you see a good commercial, take a photo and save it for later. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, I think I have a, actually a lot of figures that I've used uh, a lot of inspiration for um, commercials that I've seen just on web pages on, online. You should post some of your stuff, Martin. <laughs> Inspire people. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all for today. Yeah, thanks for listening in on this really, really short episode. We just felt that every almost every episode we mentioned figures in one or other way so we thought maybe we should just comment on the different figures because it's something that's really important whatever if you're teaching if you're publishing articles and yeah it's important that's the important thing <laughs> yeah remember your figure can say more than a thousand words if you yes. don't want to spend a lot of time writing, just make amazing figures. Share your best tips, if you have any, with us. You can comment on Instagram or Twitter, or you can send us an email at phdrhapsody at gmail.com. Bye. Bye-bye.